Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michaels Show. On the air. And uh, as we say, we are here. We are live at Road America. Um, and uh, here in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. We are uh, here today, and uh, we were in at Lambeau yesterday. had a great time up at uh, Ray Nisky Field and Packers training camp and all that kind of stuff. And uh, then uh, we ended up getting our uh, jumping in the RV, getting in the cruiser, and coming down here last night and uh, getting all set up before the storms hit. So uh, we've, uh, you know, kind of dried out a little bit. The track is dry. The racing from earlier today was underway. You had the Porsche Carrera Series. Uh, they were doing some qualifying today. They cleared out to the pit lane. And uh, the Xfinity drivers are doing the, the track walk. And just because earlier today, because you did have debris and such that ended up on the track, and this is the first time a lot of these guys are getting a chance to look at this new track surface. So a lot of the drivers are taking a walk uh, today. So uh, we're going to be talking to some of them still coming up here in just a little bit. And as a matter of fact, uh, we're going to be talking with uh, Dan Daniel Henrik, uh, who is big time. He was with uh, RCR for a while, Richard Childress Racing, now with Joe Gibbs. He's won on the Xfinity Series. He uh, raced in the Cup Series, raced in the Craftsman Truck Series. He's going to be joining us coming up in about an hour and 15 minutes, hour and 10 minutes. So uh, we'll get to him a little bit later on today. And then Josh Balicki from Wisconsin is going to join us about an hour from now. So we still have some racing to chat with. This hour, though, wide open. So this hour, uh, we, we've got all kinds of stuff. So let's do this first and foremost. Uh, let's go to Jordan Love from yesterday. And Jordan Love uh, started out uh, yesterday talking about uh, on what it's like the night before. You know, he, he, there's been so much speculation. And so much talk and so much consternation back and forth. Get rid of the dark cloud. Don't get rid of the dark cloud. Give Jordan Love a shot. Jordan Love isn't good. He is good. He just needs a chance and all that kind of stuff. So what it was like the night before his first training camp as the number one quarterback for the Green Bay Packers? Yeah, it was uh, just getting to that hotel and uh, just going over the, you know, install that we have, the script. It was similar to... You know, other training camp practices that I have, you just want to be dialed into everything, all the details. But, uh, yeah, I got a good night's sleep last night, so it was good. So what is his feeling? How different is it, the fact that he's he's not coming here as, as just a backup and trying to learn behind Aaron Rodgers? Now he's the man. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's a lot of responsibility um, that comes with the position. Um, but, yeah, you know, like you say, the, the eyes being on you, that's something that you know, I'm working on right now just trying to block out. You know, just trying to have my focus be on what I'm working on that day, what I'm focusing on that day, so um, I can have all my focus on that, just kind of block out any distractions. Uh, in the meantime, Jordan Love did discuss the past three years and sitting there and learning and watching and absorbing and trying to look both the good and the bad. How much has all of that equipped him for what he's doing now? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, you know, first year, you know, you're running out there, your eyes are kind of big, you know, you see everybody out there for the first time in practice, so it's always fun. But, uh, yeah, just being here, being through it a couple times, I kind of just, I know my routine. I know what I got to kind of lock in and focus on. So... The team itself, uh, whether it's Brian Goodekinst, Matt LaFleur, yeah, even Mark Murphy to a certain extent, uh, depending on what point in time you've you know, heard somebody speak, but they all talk about Jordan Love, and they all talk, they all use the word patience, patience. You know, there was patience for Rodgers, no doubt, but you kind of knew, like I've said it before, you kind of knew whether or not Rodgers was a man. Um, Jordan Love was asked about the team, the team, 
preaching patience regarding their young quarterback? I mean, this is how it is, you know. Patience is not going to be, like I say, it's not going to be perfect right away. Um, this is a process. It's growing pains that, you know, you got to work through. Um, you know, just like today is day one. It's not going to be perfect. Um, something that we got to build every day. Um, so I think that's what it comes down to is just building that every day, um, and it's a process. Now, we, uh, we have seen both Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, both big arms, strong arms, uh, and they throw tight spirals that can cut the wind. The wind is somewhat negligible when it comes to those two. So yesterday there was some wind, and the question was to Jordan Love, look, with all this wind, did it affect you? Yeah, no, I mean, I think just day one, that was one thing I, I was like, man, we got to lock in on that one. But deep ball day one, you know, that's something that, you know, you got to have those reps at. Um, and it takes time. Like I said, it's not going to be perfect on the deep ball. But after today, looking back on it, that's one thing that I felt like those are the couple of throws that I missed. They're just maybe a little bit short that, you know, weren't right over the shoulder like you might want. Um, so, but obviously, you know, the wind accounts for that. It's, you can never make excuses for that. Um, you just got to be able to play through it. And he's right. You you can't make excuses because you have a you, you have to position a ball where only your guys can get it, and you don't want to make those mistakes. You know, after week one. And as a matter of fact, the question to Jordan Love is: Okay, you know, you, you're you're kind of figuring some of this stuff out now, but what does he need to do? What does he need to correct? What are the things he needs to work on in, in, via training camp before week one? Just reps. You know, you just got to get those reps, build that chemistry. Um, obviously, I've got a good amount of reps through OTAs, but it's different going into training camp. Um, you know, just getting those reps with the guys and building that chemistry with everybody. What does uh, when, when it comes to the preseason, there's a, a real fine line between getting guys reps and playing and, you know, game speed and to not playing them and risking injury. So does he want to play? Does Jordan Love want to play preseason? Um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see how the preseason games work out. I'm not sure how much I'll play, how little I'll play, um, which games I'll play in. So um, I haven't yet talked to Matt about that, but obviously that's something we'll, we'll figure out. But in um, preseason, those are good reps, though, for sure. Has he sat down with Coach, or is this something that's going to be discussed a little bit later down the road when it comes to actual you know preseason, uh, the total amount of preseason playing time? Probably closer to the preseason game week. Um, going into that week, probably talk about that a little bit. But uh, right now, I mean, we're just day in and day out training. Can't be focused on, you know, that day, that practice, that walkthrough, all that. So what factors, uh, you know, because you look at a guy and you go, okay, you, you need all the reps. He talks about getting reps. And, you know, every quarterback wants reps. You, you want to be out there. I mean, there's some quarterbacks. Look at Aaron uh, in the last few years. He didn't have to be out there. He knew it all. But sometimes you need the reps to get in conjunction with the guys. So what factors will play into how much and how many reps he gets this preseason? No, yeah, I think, I think the coaches do a great job, though, of, you know, counting reps, things like that, seeing how many reps you get, how many throws you're getting. And then, you know, communication is key. If I'm ever feeling, you know, my arms are a little dead one day, just talk to them and they'll, you know, ramp it down. But um, that's one thing. You just go play by ear, you know, play by how you feel every day. And, you know, you can take more reps, take less reps, depending on how you feel. But you just gauge that every day. So you had eight guys. Eight guys went out to visit with Jordan Love and to hang out with him and to work out with him, spend time with him. Uh, a lot of that financed by Aaron Jones, who wanted everybody to get on the same page, which kudos to Aaron Jones when you talk about stepping up and taking a leadership role. So the question then becomes, you know, in Jordan Love's mind, 
What did he get out of all of that when it came to camaraderie and chemistry and everything else when all the guys came out to visit with him and work out with him this offseason out in California? Yeah, no, we had a good time out there. Um, I was glad that those guys were able to make it out. Um, but, yeah, it's just, you know, offseason, we got a couple workouts in. It was good to, you know, just get back into ball with the guys. Usually in offseason, you're, you know, throwing with other people um, that, you know, don't run the same routes that you run in your offense, things like that. So just being able to have that familiarity um, and build those connections with those guys was awesome. But, yeah, no, we, we had some we went bowling, man. We had a couple of nice dinners out there. So it was a good time to build that connection. Bowling? <laughs> You know, I, I, I'll tell you this. It's been a while, but uh, there are times when friends have gotten together. You're looking for something to do and, you know, going to a bar and going to dinner and this and that. You, you know, you've been there, done that numerous times. Bowling does come up, and it came up with those guys. And they said, hey, let's 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 go throw a few, see what happens. So who bowler, was Bill? the best? You, are Me? you a good bowler? Yeah, I'm curious. No. No, uh, I'll be honest. No, I used to be, I used to actually, my mom, uh, growing up as a kid, my mom bowled in a league on Friday nights. And I loved it. I mean, I, I couldn't wait, you know, to, I, and this was back when I was in fifth and sixth and seventh grade. Couldn't wait to, for Friday nights to get there because you weren't really, you know, going out with your friends to bars or anything. You know, I, you're seven years old or, or seventh grade, I should say. So I loved going Friday night uh, to the bowling alley. We had a huge, huge mass of bowling alley near where I lived. And so you'd go run into kids your own age. So that was back in the days of the arcades. So you go to the bowling alley, and they had rooms that were dedicated to pool and arcades. And so I would just take I would save quarters in my allowance all week, and I'd go do that. Well, anyway, long story short is I started bowling in what they called a youth bowling league, the YBL. And I got pretty good at it. And then after I got out of uh, my freshman year of high school, I, really, I didn't do it anymore. And today, if I went and bowled, I can throw a ball extremely hard down an alley. Uh, I, I look to hurt pins, but as far as accuracy goes and spin and all that, no. I'm a straight down the middle, line it up on the uh, little dashes on the on the wood floor, and I hope for the best. And I can maybe throw a 120, but that's about the extent of it. So, Cross are your you fingers. Bored? No, i awful. I'm terrible. I stink. But I'll yeah. go. Friend group wants to go, I'll go. But, no, it's probably been a couple years since I've gone bowling. I got beat by my daughter... Uh, my daughter is not athletic at all. Uh, I got beat by my daughter who used two hands. So oh, no I knew at that point in time it was time for me to not not give up aspirations of going on the PBA. <laughs> well, so. she's she's not overthinking it. You you were probably thinking about spin and angles, and she was just going up there and letting it rip. I was just trying to get it down the middle without hitting myself in the back of the knee and knocking myself over. <laughs> That's what I was doing. <laughs> Who was the best bowler out of Jordan Love's group? Um, I did beat everybody in bowling. I'm not <laughs> saying. Chris, Christian did say that the, the lanes weren't good enough for him. I guess he spins the ball, so the lanes didn't have enough grip, um, supposedly, but I did win. So. What did you bowl? I almost had a 200 in one game. Yeah, I think I had 198. Wow, 200. That's pretty solid. I've got friends of mine. We used to go, uh, as we got older, uh, and I'm talking in, you know, out of college and, and into your adulthood. Uh, there were there were Friday, I think it was Saturday nights. They bowled in uh, the fall, and I have fr- probably five or six friends who have all have multiple 300 games. I mean, they're they're excellent bowlers. Multiple 300 games. Uh, they're just as good at drinking as they are at bowling too. So 
that that was their that was their their bar night, so to speak. It Those two things should go hand in hand. We used yes. to in college. We would go to a bowling alley because on I think it was Wednesday nights on the south side of Lacrosse. It was a dollar per game for bowling, and beers were like fifty cents. And wait, like, it was oh it was God. all free. It was free yeah. is basically what it was. So we'd go there just yeah. to hang out and we'd bowl, but it was more for the beers. Yeah, we. Uh, I just remember I got into bowling because obviously the beers. Uh, but it, they had uh, on Fish Fry Fridays. They had an incredible, like fit. Like um, if you remember the old Arthur Treacher's fish and chips, and you ate the fish with your fingers. You didn't like cut it up or anything, and you dipped it either in the malt vinegar or tartar sauce. But it was the fish and chips from like Arthur Treacher's, and it was I think for ten bucks. You got two pitchers of beer and a bunch of fish, and then we just paid like like that. It was probably like a dollar a game or fifty cents a game or something. But we went there all the time. It was great. By the way, who was the worst bowler according to Jordan Love? <laughs> That's a good question. I'm not sure who the worst was. Um, there was a. I know Christian wasn't bowling to his best because he had to start bowling straight, and he's not used to that. Well, let's do this. We're going to step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Jaden Reed, one of the newer weapons for one Jordan Love. Uh, he uh, ended up speaking with Mike Clemens in the media yesterday as well. But uh, I'm getting all these bowling scenarios now. I, I got Jake uh, who says, uh, Bill, I can't believe you only bowl in 120. Look, I, that's it. I, I used to be pretty good. I could average uh, probably, I think I averaged uh, maybe, I want to say one like 155 or something like that. I was okay as a kid, but I've never been a great bowler by any stretch. I just enjoyed going and hanging out and yeah, every now and then. I couldn't even figure out how to keep score for a long period of time until my mom sat me down and said, you're going to figure it out. And then I was the guy. What really sucked was I couldn't use my arcade money because I would sit there and do that. Remember the, they had the overlays? Were you ever a part of that, uh, uh, Grant, where they had the overlays over the overhead projector? What do you mean specifically, like to keep score so on the TVs? They had the little plastic sheets. Oh. And they had the names on the sheets, and then when you did it, it actually you could see your hand writing it up on the screen above you. Like did a, you, do you like remember a, like a transparency projector you'd have in a like, classroom? Yes, a tra- it's yeah. exactly what it was. Exactly, exactly. That's what they used to keep score with uh, at the bowling alleys back in the day for leagues. So you would take your league sheet, you drop it off, they'd put it up on the screen, they they'd put all the scores in, and then they'd wipe it clean with a spray, and then they used it for the next league. So that that way they weren't constantly using paper, you know. So yeah. that way they would do that. So when I fe- my mom made me learn how to keep score in bowling, that I became kind of the official scorer nice. in, in the seventh grade. And I would go and I'd sit and I you know, and it, it was it was good because it was math skills and it was addition and it was yeah. multiplication and it was like oh god I just want to go I want to go play some pinball and pool I want to go shoot pool then they had Pac-Man and Pong and then they had uh, asteroids and I wanted to go play all that but I couldn't because I had to keep scoring a bowling alley so anyway that's why I'm scarred today I believe well, that's I why you're so. so organized is what you mean you're so organized <laughs> and on top of things <laughs> uh, we're going to take a quick break we are broadcasting live here and from inside the Packers locker room we are live at Road America Brewers are in the ATL taking on the Braves we got so much going on stay tuned more of the Bill Michaels show coming up next Ready? this is the Bill Michaels show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone radio network
Michael Show. Rock it on. Hey, if you are going to be uh, doing a little grubbing this weekend, maybe you're heading to downtown Milwaukee, you want some of the best Italian food you're ever going to put in your tummy. It is uh, our friends over at Calderon Club in San Giorgio, Napoletana Pizzeria, and uh, 838 Old World 3rd Street. You cannot go wrong. That is uh, that is the best. Uh, that is my destination when I want to, uh, to have a good night out, good Italian food, and uh, good comfort food, and pizzas and such. It's just it, it, everything there is good. I always, every time somebody goes there, they order what I like and what I tell them to get, but then I'll get the next time they go back, well, we tried this and this and this, and they love all of it. So it, it's just that good. Calderon Club. Uh, Old World 3rd Street, you can find them right across the street from the Hyatt Hotel in downtown Milwaukee. Uh, the Napoletano Pizzeria San Giorgio is right next door. So both of them are side by side, and it is t- two great places. Uh, Gino's a tremendous owner, really, really good people, great family. So uh, you cannot go wrong. You cannot go wrong at all. That's, uh, that's San Giorgio and Calderon Club, downtown Milwaukee, Old World 3rd Street, 838 Old World 3rd Street, to be exact. Um so Jaden Reed, uh, one of the newest wide receivers for Jordan Love, uh, only one day uh, early on. You, then yesterday you get a chance to back it up. Uh, it seems like he says, or at least the question is, is there this, because you're young, you're trying to get acclimated, is there a sense of urgency? Oh, yeah, it's going to be here before we know it. So, you know, by the time we blink, we're going to be in our first preseason game, preseason game and then family night is already next week, so I'm excited. You forget about family night next week. Already it's upon us. Uh, just, wow, I can't even fathom. Uh, that being said, so, you know, you're, you're a practice or two in. You know, it's different. Uh, most most college players, and I said this earlier because people say, wait a minute, what? Yeah, most college players come into the NFL, and you're already expected to be in shape. You're expected to finish your offseason workouts and be ready to go. You're, this is not the time to get into shape. This is the time for everything that they've told you to do, everything that they've showed you, try to get you to learn, opening up the playbook, looking at your, your Microsoft Surface Pros and, and see what you're supposed to do and where you're supposed to be. All that stuff's already supposed to be done. This is just about putting, installing the playbook and honing your skills. Uh, and, and the NFL training camps, they say now, are by far easier than any collegiate training camp. So what stood out about the first couple of days of training camp? Uh, just the energy. A, a lot of guys, you know, made a lot of plays on defense as well on offense. I just thought it was a lot of great energy out there. And, you know, we all, you know, we're growing as a team. Then he was asked about the three, uh, you know, three on the competition, at, at, you know, the, the practice that they've had in the competition with – you know, himself and Christian Watson and uh, Romeo Dobbs and Mari Torrey, and then the, the, the secondary guys trying to obviously make a name for themselves. He talked about the competition at camp, camp early. Everybody's good here, you know what I mean? It's the NFL. Everybody's talented, so you just got to go out there and compete with all you got. You're going to win some, you're going to lose some, but, you know, you live to fight another day. Also, uh, he's right, live to fight another day. But uh, he said, look, uh, they do have – Numerous guys that can catch passes from Jordan Love. He said they've got some versatility there. Everybody in our room play at every position. You know, uh, we're coached that way to know every position outside, from outside in. So um, I think that's going to add a lot of versatility, and that's what's going to help our offense out. Also, um, you've got uh, the versatility via the entire offense. I mean, whether it's uh, the changeability and interchangeability on the offensive line, you've got two different running backs, three really, 
uh, decent running backs. Uh, you've got tight ends uh, and versatility at tight end. He talked about the overall versatility and his versatility himself, how that can help the offense and challenge the defense. Put a backer on me, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, move us outside, you know, in motion. Put a backer on the outside or, or safety on a quicker receiver. So I, I think that'll help us out a lot. Jaden Reed also said, hey, put me anywhere, anywhere you want me. I just want to play football. I'm, I'm versatile anywhere. Uh, I'm comfortable. I got to be comfortable everywhere in this yeah. office. So yeah. uh, it's just great just getting out there in different spots and just building my confidence everywhere. So there you go. There you go, Jaden Reed. Uh, what, and he has opened some eyes. He, he has uh, opened some eyes uh, with uh, different return capability, but also uh, the fact that he's been, uh, he's been quicker, I think, in person than a lot of people looked at and expected. Uh, pretty smart when it comes to running routes. Uh, good hands early, too. That's been proven. So uh, a lot of positivity there when it comes to, uh, to Jaden Reed. And a lot of people excited about him. So good stuff. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. You want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and do so again. 877-867-1670. Um, uh, Gary says the Packers offense is making the 19th-ranked secondary look like a top five. Um, yeah, well, they're inexperienced right now, Gary, so I'm not overly concerned about it. Um, Gary says, I'm a two-handed bowler, by the way, average 215. Don't knock your daughter about using two hands. No, I'm not knocking her about using two hands. I'm talking about how she used two hands, and I was this one-handed power guy that used to be able to bowl pretty well, and she whooped my ass. So I, I have no problem admitting that uh, I'm... <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a good bowler. That's my point, no doubt. Um, Jake says, uh, I feel confident in Jordan Love and his ability. I just don't feel that he's going to be a Hall of Fame player. But do you think if he is as good as many seem to think he is, and then he's got in parentheses above average, this team can win 10 games and find themselves in the postseason? <sighs> That's such a... I feel like what you're searching for in that answer, in that question is like you're looking for positivity from me. Like I'm going to go, yeah, they can do it. You know, eh. I, I think anything when it comes to that could be possible. I mean, you know, say, say Jair takes that next step and becomes, you know, he's always been a good cover corner, but does he all of a sudden get hands, you know? and start creating turnovers. Does Preston Smith, Devondre Campbell, Quay Walker, Lucas Van Ness do suddenly that whole thing until Rashawn Gary comes back and Engelbari, are they become dominant? You know, I mean, if the defense plays well above average, yeah. Yeah, why not, you know? I understand that. They could, they could win 10 games. I feel like a playoff berth is maybe not what we should be debating on july 28th right. maybe maybe they make the playoffs maybe they do but I, I don't know i feel like we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit well if this and that and the other thing if that all then they can make the playoffs i don't know why don't we just watch Jaden reed musgrave yeah jordan love take it as it comes I, I i i don't know if people are looking to point the aha finger for for success or failure i just I guess I don't have high expectations. I guess my, my expectation is show me something.
describe it is, you know, giving you the mental image of standing on the sidelines with your arm folded saying, show me something. Go out there and do something. Wow me. You know, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, the, the, the legitimate opportunity to win a Super Bowl right now is gone. It's not there. Um, could it happen? <laughs> I guess anything's possible, but my, I, I don't even have that aspiration. That's not even my thought. Do, do I think when we are in Vegas uh, in February that we're going to be talking about the Green Bay Packers facing off against X, whatever team out of the AFC happens to be there? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Would I? If somebody said to you, I will give you a million to one odds, and I'm going to take the Packers making the Super Bowl, and I, you bet me that the Packers won't make the Super Bowl, I firmly believe I would take a thousand bucks and I would be a multimillionaire and I would take that bet in a heartbeat. That's I don't have I just don't have any expectation of that. Right now I just want to see if this team moving forward with the decisions they have to make based upon the quarterback position which is it's a quarterback driven league. The rules favor the quarterbacks, the rules favor the offense. So to me is is what we have in Jordan Love the right choice? And does he show you enough to make you feel confident in moving forward and filling holes, say, defensively and offensively with probably the exodus of David Bakhtiari next year and what decisions you're going to make at the running back position and, you know, all of that. Do you have to then dig deeper and find yet another wide receiver or two to fortify the room, you know, or defensively speaking, you know, do you got to fill some holes or do you got to worry about if you're going to draft a quarterback next year? I mean, that's kind of my mentality. Every every game is a building block to next offseason, to what direction this team has to go. And I think in my, my heart of hearts, I'm hoping Jordan Love is the real deal. So that's not a concern. Then all you have to do is go, eh, we're going to supplement a backup to this guy. He's going to be good. Hopefully he's durable. And we're going to delve into the pool of free agency because we're going to have some more money. And we're going to make this team better because we don't have to worry about a quarterback. That's, that's, that's where I'm at. That's my mentality going into this season. I don't have any expectations, but you're right. I think there are some people who say, well, let's just get to the, let's get to the postseason, get postseason experience. But to me, I'm just hoping to get through the first six weeks without yanking out my hair and going, holy crap, this is a dismal disaster. That, that's where I'm at. Um, so I, when people ask me that, I feel like there's this, this want to see the Green Bay Packers in the postseason and they're looking for that validation that it could possibly happen. I'm just, I, I don't know. Could it happen? Could they win nine games? Sure they could. They could win nine, ten games and maybe find themselves in a wild card. Sure. But, you know, I mean, I, although Gutekind seemed to be confident when he was asked about, you know, hey, how's it feel now that, you know, you're not being chased in the, in the division? And then, and then he said, well, who's to say we wouldn't be chased by the end of the year? Okay. Maybe he's got a level of confidence. I don't know. But, Right now, I'm I'm not I'm just not there. I just say anything's possible, but right now let's focus on what's directly in front of us, and not a ton of what ifs down the road. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hit us up. Hey, don't forget about our friends over there at Smoke on the Water. Joe Hennis. Uh, Joe and I talked the other night. He had some questions about, you know, some some advice for motorcycle events and some of their rides and some of the events they do. 
And we got to talking, and, and they do so much creatively over there at Smoke on the Water in Okachi Lake on Wisconsin Avenue. Great place, and whether it's tonight going in for a fish fry, sitting outside on the deck watching the boats go by at Okachi, or some of the great bands and entertainment they have coming up. So much good at Smoke on the Water. And don't forget about their original bar, Sloppy Joe's on Hubertus in Hubertus. Terrific, great, old-fashioned Wisconsin bar. Either place, you cannot go wrong. More of the Bill Michael Show live here at Road America coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show we are on the air and uh, enjoying the day today we are broadcasting live we're at road america and uh hanging here today blue, blue skies and uh sunny nice good stuff today uh, as uh, you get ready for some of the racing that's going to go on later this afternoon and tomorrow as well uh in addition to that uh, we've been doing a lot of talking about racing and a lot of talking about uh, green bay packers uh, but that being said, the Brewers making a deal, and the Brewers ended up uh, getting Carlos Santana from the Pirates. Uh, they trade away Severino. He's not even, even a top 30 prospect, basically picking up a first baseman that's hitting 235, 240 for not much at all. Grant, I mean, I love this deal. I, it's, it's, again, we, it's exactly what the Brewers are. They're trying to catch lightning in a bottle. It didn't cost them a lot. It's a guy that's hitting better than what a lot of guys on this team are, and it's, it's filling a need at first base. I love this deal. Do you? I love it. Uh, I'm not saying that he's an all-star and that he's going to be the best player on the team, but they just need an adult at first base offensively. They need a guy to stabilize the middle of the order just a little bit. He's going to do that, and he's top of the league defensively in runs saved and all the different metrics. So I think, Bill, last couple of years, the Brewers have made moves at the deadline, and they got to move this guy over here. we got to shift this guy over to this position. They won't have to do any of that. So he slides in seamlessly. He's an upgrade right away, and right. didn't cost him much at all. Yeah, I love this move. Yeah, I, I really I like the move. This is exactly a Brewers move. And I think it's 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 now again it's not you know picking up some stellar you know Freddie Freeman type of first baseman, but it's it's exactly what the Brewers do. And, it, and you know rumors are they're not done. There's more rumors floating around out there. They're talking about uh, going after uh, maybe a proposal for uh, their third baseman uh, over in Washington, uh, Candelario. Uh, could they possibly go in that direction and add another bat as well, which, again, would be another Brewers-esque move? I like it. I, I, I don't know if that would end up happening or not, uh, but I just like the fact that the Brewers have brought in a bat and he is hitting, put it this way, he's already light years better than Rowdy Tellez. He's a, he's a first baseman, and he's batting better than Tourette, to, to Rowdy Tellez. So, I, I don't have a problem with this deal at all. I, again, I'm not looking for him to come in and suddenly be this this you know massive mauler. You know, it'd be great if he would, but Matt Arnold's just trying to you know trying to see what value is on both sides, and that's what the DNA of the Brewers is. Well, it's an advantage of having a lot of bad at bats in your batting order. Bill is you don't yeah. need to trade for an amazing player to upgrade, right? Like he. We're not supplanting some all-star at first base here. It's really been Yelich, Contreras, and that's it. 
So bringing in another guy who can at least be competent at the very least is a massive yep. upgrade. He's got a 732 OPS in 94 games for the Pirates. Now, some say, you know, being 37 years old, you know, this is, you know, not the move you want to make. But, again, if this guy can help you out, it didn't cost you a ton to get him. But he's hitting 235. What was Ronnie Telez hitting? Like two, you know, what, 202, 205 or something like that with, you know, a few home runs. And he's got 12 home runs, 53 runs batted in, and can play first. I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, his career splits show he's a pretty good hitter from both sides of the plate as well. Uh, a lot of his run production comes from the right-handed pitchers, but he's got a 275 batting average versus a 227 uh, coming against lefties. So maybe you make a few, you know, tweaks here and there if you want to go, as we know Craig Council does statistically speaking, against righties versus lefties and such. But this is this is an upgrade. Uh, any you needed to do something, and this is an upgrade. I keep going back to Billy Ball. You just need to find guys get on base better than the guys you have to get on base. And that's what the Brewers did. So, And it didn't cost you a ton to do it. So am I in favor of it? I'm all for it. I like the deal. Um, whether it pans out, we'll wait and see. But it's better. Anytime you can look at a deal and say, is this better than what we have? And you say yes, then the deal was worth making the trade. And it didn't cost you a lot. Well, Bill, the trade deadline's next week. So it's right. it's not like this is a last-minute move. They want him for this weekend series. And if right. Carlos Santana, I, I want to say Carlos Gomez, if Carlos Santana can help them win one game this weekend, then it was worth it getting him in here early so he can help you out in a really tough series against the Braves. Yep, no doubt. Good stuff. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step out, take a quick break. Uh, we're going to come back uh, we, with another segment this hour. And then the last hour is going to be some racing. And then we're going to have Mike Clemens. So we are just rolling right along today. Good stuff all day today here at Road America up at uh, Packers Training Camp and like talking a little baseball about the Brewers going into the ATL coming up tonight. Uh, stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show live here at Road America. Beautiful. The skies have cleared up beautifully. Blue skies now. I'm loving it. Loving life. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Glad to have you the Bill Michael Show. We are live at Road America. Coming up here at the bottom of the next hour, Mike Clemens live at Packers training camp. He's going to be joining us, and we'll chat with him about day three of the Jordan Love era. And uh, training camp is the main signal caller for the Packers. We'll get into that coming up here in just a little bit. A lot of reaction coming into the Brewers making the trade for Carlos Santana. A lot of people just in favor of it. Anything's better than no move at all, and you're hoping that there's still another one uh, in the in the hopper for the Brewers, Brewers taking on uh, Atlanta down in Atlanta coming up a little bit later on this evening. So you've got that going on. In the meantime, um, you know, a couple of different things. Uh, Barry Alvarez spoke on, uh, you know, kind of uh, first and foremost, uh, Luke Fickle. And uh, he was asked what stands out about Luke Fickle taking over as the head man for the Badgers in the program. What stands out about Luke Fickle so far? I've been impressed with Luke. I've, I've followed him from afar. Luke knows how to win. He's proved that. When you take Cincinnati to get into the uh, CFP, 
uh, shows you he knows who to recruit and the type of players you have to recruit to, to play at that level. Uh, he's done everything right since he's been in Madison, and I'm, I'm really excited about his, his, his first season there. Barry Alvarez still making the appearance at Big Ten Media Day and still carries a lot of uh, cachet when he walks through the room. He was also asked, look, uh, Jim Leonard, you know, didn't uh, get the job in Madison. And uh, so what does Barry feel that Jim Leonard's future, what is it his, his future beyond this going to be? I don't know. Whatever, whatever Jimmy wants to do, Jimmy's had opportunities. You know, he's had head coaching opportunities. He didn't take a lot, of, a number of jobs because he didn't want to leave Wisconsin, leave Madison area because he has three young kids. And so this, you know, Brett tailored something for him that he could be there a few days a week and not, not have to move. Uh, in the meantime, what was his, what was Barry's thought when he heard, you know, by the way, you know, Brett Bielema has taken Jim Leonard and, like he said, tailored something for him to uh, be part of the Illini coaching staff. You know, Jimmy, you know, should be in football. I, I, you know, I hate to see him step back from it. You know, when it when it happened, it didn't surprise me. You know, he played for Brett. Brett knows him. You know, I, I, that's a great deal for Brett to get someone like that and then his knowledge to help with the program. So, Barry was asked, what do you think, uh, you know, Jim Leonard is going to do as far as bringing, what is, what, what is he going to bring as this special assistant, this job that's been created for him? What's he going to bring to the Fighting Illini? Well, Jimmy's been successful as a player and a coach in the league. He knows the league. I'm sure Brett is going to use him to evaluate his players, evaluate and, and help uh, game plan, evaluate the teams that he's playing and, it's just another Big Ten defensive mind that's, that's in on game planning and evaluating. So there you go. That's Barry Alvarez's side of things. Now you kind of look at it from Brett Bielema's side. And uh, Bielema was asked, you know, about, hey, you you got Jim Leonard coming. So he said, look, I'm excited. But he really won't travel with us. He, he can't do any on-the-field coaching, can't do any recruiting. Uh, but he can be in the building and, and kind of be just a, it's going to be a great tool for me because um, I think anytime I can get someone that I really respect on how they see the game, that brings a lot of great discussions. That's part of it. Um, I mean, we all know what Jim Leonard can bring as far as a defensive coordinator and the prowess that he brings and the knowledge he brings from the NFL and the execution and such. But Bielema says he thinks that just, you know, being able to bring in these fresh eyes is going to help the program look in many different directions. Uh, I just like seeing good coaches who I think are good coaches on what they see. And um, that, that drove to the conversation uh, when Jimmy uh, was available to, to get this moment. So um, that's how I do it. Um, and it's just really because I think, uh, like I tell players, competition brings the best out of you. I think when you have good coaches in the building, it really brings good coaching. What stood out? Brett Bielema was asked specifically, what stood out about Jim Leonard as a player uh, that he remembers, and now what what does he bring to the table for him as a coach? He just had some presence and awareness on game in-game moments. I'm like, hey, if you ever want to coach, you're going to be pretty good, right? And he had an incredible NFL career. He was always around the Ryan brothers in, in his practice, so I would kind of grill him when he'd come back and, hey, what are you guys running and how are you running it? Um, built up a really good relationship during his NFL career when I was head coach of Wisconsin. Uh, and then when he got into coaching, you know, we would talk quite a bit. Um, I obviously wasn't there anymore, and uh, Coach Alvarez talked about how good he was, and then I, when I saw Paul promote him to coordinator and saw the way they started playing uh, my first year especially, I mean, it was just, uh, it was very impressive what they did schematically, and I knew that he was kind of the main key there.
So we all know, you know, what happened. It, it, you know, Paul Christ has let go, and Jim Leonard uh, had a very brief stint as the interim, and, you know, not great success. But, you know, then again, it was a team that was already failing. You're just trying to kind of keep uh, water from coming into the boat at that point or at least battle a little bit or just keep your head above. In the meantime, uh, Jim Leonard, you know, interviewed for the head coaching job, didn't get it, as we know. Luke Fickle's the man. And then Leonard's on the outside looking in. Barry Alvarez said he didn't want to leave Wisconsin. So there was a job that was tailored for him. So how did this all come about? Brett Bielema explains. I literally reached out to Jim today. He got it right when we played him the day before. Uh, You know, I didn't know what was going to happen, right? But we we talked after the game, just complimenting, wishing him good luck. And then lo and behold, the next day he's the head coach, right? And I, I shot him a text literally that day and wished him luck and said, hey, during the offseason, love to help you however I can. Um, and that kind of just started conversations. And then, you know, obviously I went into our season and the rest of their season. When he didn't get the job, I reached out to him just to said, hey, thinking of you, anything I can do, let me know. Um, and then it probably just kind of progressed from there. Just not, not a lot. I wasn't in a hurry. I knew he had to process some things. And it kind of just kind of continued to build. And then uh, really after spring ball in May, I kind of said, hey, this is what I'm thinking. What are you thinking? And that's how it started. I still think that Jim Leonard has a spot in coaching, whether it's in the college ranks or in the pros. Uh, I still have a feeling in the back of my mind that, remember, there was an opportunity there to go and be the Packers defensive coordinator that did not happen. And I, I, I still feel that Jim Leonard, being able to live in Wisconsin, being able to remain here, stick with his roots in Wisconsin, and still kind of keep his hand in it, so to speak, I still think that if things should go wrong in Green Bay and Joe Barry is no more, that there would be a call placed to Jim Leonard to say, hey, let's revisit this and see if there's you know, a mutual interest to bring you in as the next coordinator for the Green Bay Pack. Just, you know, again, I'm kind of futuristically prognosticating, but I, I get the sense that that could be in Jim Leonard's future. So we'll see. I mean, you know, obviously you don't want things to go so horrifically bad that the Packers are then searching for yet again another defensive coordinator. On the other hand, some of you can't wait to get rid of Joe Barry, so maybe you can't wait for Jim Leonard to take the job after this season. But regardless, it would mean that something has gone wrong and therefore it has to be made right. And then there's a lot of uncertainty still that comes with that. But I just get the sense that there's there's, there's a holding pattern there right now. In, in many different senses of the word. So that's uh, that's just my thought. Uh, let, let's do this. We're going to take a break uh, at the top of the hour. We're approaching the top of the hour, so we're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Josh Balicki is going to be joining us here at the uh, it, inside Victory Lane. Also, uh, we got coming up in a little bit, uh, Mike Clements is going to join us live in Green Bay and give us a lowdown on the Packers training camp as well, day three culminating, and we'll get his sense as to, you know, kind of how things have progressed and uh, the, whether or not the criticism on Jordan Love coming out of the first couple of days of camp is really warranted or not. Uh, and if there's a lot of speculation, skepticism, what have you, for uh, for Love, uh, take, you know, kind of taking over for Aaron Rodgers. And is the bar set too high? That's the other thing. I mean, we talked about expectations and what the bar is in Green Bay now for quarterback play. And you just you can't expect that. You know, you got to you got to get back to a, living in a normal sense of reality. So uh, we'll get into all of that coming up here 
in just a little bit. So stay tuned for that. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends uh, over there at uh, at uh, Road Track and Trail. Road Track and Trail, we can't say thanks enough to them. They are the official supp- supplier of the Can-Am Defender that we have here on site. Going to be tooling it around uh, the campgrounds at Pappy Hoyle Campground and the Full Throttle Saloon when we go to Sturgis next week. So we got a lot going on, and we can't do it without great sponsors, great friends, and people to help us out. That's our friends Nick and the gang over at Road Track and Trail. Go to RoadTrackandTrail.com. That is RoadTrackandTrail.com. They are the world's largest supplier of motorcycles, UTVs, ATVs, and snowmobiles. The world's largest numerically. I mean, my God, they sell so many 